Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, June the 1st. And our top story today is that people living in a cul-de-sac in Broadstairs where a sinkhole opened back in 2009 are urging authorities to do something about the yo-yo selling of one of the homes there. Properties in Victoria Road were evacuated just before Christmas 13 years ago after a burst water main caused damage to the foundations. Well, a number of homes suffered severe subsidence and at least one family couldn't move back for more than two years. All of the buildings were repaired, except that is for number 58, which is going up for auction again today. Neighbours have been telling Kent Online how the property is regularly snapped up and then put back on the market again. Well, the guide price for the property is £90,000, but many say it shouldn't be on the market at all. Reporter Millie Bowles has been speaking to Jill Allen, who lives in the cul-de-sac and recalls the time the sinkhole first happened. It was horrendous, to be honest it was it was Christmas time back in 2009 and various problems were happening throughout the day which ended up with 10 minute warning sign to leave the properties Um, and then we were out for about two and a half years leaving all our sort of possessions indoors which the insurance company cleared out so it was very very uncertain times and the longer it dragged on obviously the worse it was the houses do struggle to sell we've got one um, just behind me which has been on the market since last summer um, people are trying to buy it and then the sale is falling through. I don't know exactly why that is, but the subsidence surely can't be helping. And in the house um, over to my shoulder here is um, condemned. It keeps being sold at auction. Um, the auctioneers keep saying it just needs redecorating. Um, but the house, as I say, is condemned. It has no foundation. It's cracked inside all over the place. They've done repair jobs at the front to make it look like it's aesthetically pleasing Um, but it it isn't at all and then when people come down having bought the house at auction uh, with just repair damage um, needed to it they come down and realize that it's not even on any utility supply and it has been subject to this big subsidence. There are still problems this road used to be the cul-de-sac end used to be as flat and parallel with the rest of the street and it clearly isn't now. Um, We do get the odd cracks that are coming through the house, but nothing to this one really. But every time you drive down and see it, it's, it's always there. And the fact that it can't be sold is also decreasing the value of everybody else's property down here. There was a document produced by the Water Board when various reports happened at the time. And it clearly stated there, given the same set of circumstances weather-wise as they were in 2009, then it's very probable that the situation could happen again um, because none of the void has been filled. So, yes, there was that constant fear. And we've had occasions where sinkholes had, have opened up. Now, Thanet District Council have confirmed number 58 Victoria Road remains subject to a dangerous structure notice. And they say that those details are all in the public domain. They add the onus is on anyone purchasing a property at auction to carry out due diligence prior to the sale. We've also been in touch with Southern Water, who've told us that six properties were affected by subsidence following that burst water main in December 2009. 
line. They say the burst was fixed. They've also added they're not aware of any other issues with Southern Water assets in the vicinity of the properties right now. And the company listing that property as being up for auction today have declined to comment. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you and two suspected drug dealers have appeared in court after a police investigation into the supply of cocaine and heroin in Medway. The man and woman were arrested at a house in Chatham. The 32 and 34-year-olds from Gordon Road are due at Crown Court next month. There's a warning about someone calling people in East Kent and claiming to be a police officer investigating credit card fraud while asking for bank details. The elaborate scam can even involve a courier being sent out to collect money from victims. We know calls have been made to homes in Tenterden, Deal and Sandwich. This is actually one of our most read stories on the website today as it's feared someone could end up getting hurt after a huge hole was dug by teenagers in a field near Ashford. Residents in Kennington say youngsters have created dirt jumps and left rubbish on land behind the pheasant pub. Now the hole is about four feet deep and there are concerns dog walkers could fall in. You can see pictures today by heading to Kent Online. Now Rishi Sunak's expected to use a gathering of European leaders today to urge cross-continental cooperation when it comes to tackling small boats crossing the channel to Kent. The Prime Minister's attending a meeting in Moldova. Meantime, Labour's analysis of government accounts shows that spending on asylum has more than quadrupled since 2010 to £2.1 billion in 2021. We can hear now from Steve Smith, who's head of the refugee charity Care for Calais. Well, I guess that sharp increase over those years is no great surprise. For starters, of course, we, we have a number of crises around the world that have prompted uh, people to flee their home countries uh, as refugees, whether it be Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, uh, Syria, you name it. But the backlog that's built up is largely down to the government's failure to process claims in a timely manner, uh, creating a backlog that we have at the moment of some roughly 173,000 cases, which is quite extraordinary. I mean, if the government managed to process asylum claims quicker, asylum seekers would be able to get on with their lives. They could work, they could contribute to the UK economy. They could find housing. They become valued members of their new home communities. Instead, they're locked up in hotels. And uh, of course, as we know, that's costing a huge amount of money to sustain. A backlog is just growing and growing. And uh, since 2011, the productivity of home office caseworkers has fallen from I mean, the figures are quite extraordinary. 14 decisions per month in 2011, 18 per month in 2016, to just five per month in the last financial year. And part of the reason for that was that in 2019, a target was, was dropped by the Home Office, which had previously kept, kept that, that rating high. And the reason it was dropped was to, to reduce the stress on the, on the caseworkers. Um, but of course, the people suffering most stress are those who are fleeing war and conflict or persecution. There's this view of asylum seekers that they are somehow, in inverted commas, the other, that they're incredibly different from us, that they may be all Albanians who are coming over to join organised crime gangs. And this, this is absolute nonsense. They are people just like us. They might be scientists, they might be doctors, they might be lawyers, they might be librarians, they might be truck drivers, shop assistants, bank workers, 
people just like us who find themselves in the most unfortunate circumstances anyone could endure. Kent Online reports. Dover pub bosses have hit back at a poor review online after looking through CCTV only to find the diners cleared their plates despite claiming the food was inedible. A roast served up at the White Horse Inn on St James's Street was described as soggy and salty. The landlord says the party were trying to get freebies rather than pay up. A Kent swimming pool that's been closed for most of the last two years has finally reopened. Tenterden Leisure Centre was taken over by a new operator earlier this month after a major refurb led to issues with the building's roof. We're told the wave machine flume and children's play area will all be operating. From today, you're not allowed to take an e-scooter on a southeastern train in Kent. They're banned because of a fire risk that they pose. You can travel with an e-bike as long as it's a similar size to a normal one. Now, a domestic abuse survivor from Kent has been telling the podcast why she's created an app to help other victims to record and store evidence for police. Emma Davy suffered regular physical attacks during a six-year relationship with a man who ended up being sent to prison. The MyNara app allows you to record incidents which will be stored securely in the cloud. It's also disguised on your phone and has a pin so no one else can access it. Emma's also become a counsellor and wants to give other people a chance to get away from their abusers. Coercive control, that law came in 2015 trying to get a case to, of coercive control where there is no physical or sexual violence is very hard because the CPS will only take evidence or a case forward if they have evidence. Now, when it comes to coercive control, it's, it's words. It's how you make that person feel. It's how you manipulate somebody, how you gaslight them. So we don't have anything like that unless we manage to get it on audio or um print screen on texts or things like that so if my case had been taken from the first time i'd ever called the police then hopefully it would have um, gone to court a lot quicker but all you get is no further action not enough evidence so i want to encourage people within the minara app to start collating evidence as soon as you start to see red flags or something where that's not quite right you may never need it but it's a free app where you can download this stuff and keep it so you can start seeing the patterns of behavior because the red flags you ignore at the beginning are the ones you leave for in the end. And it's quite like me looking back, seeing the red flags that I could have put into the Minara app now. Yeah, I could have collated so much evidence that I could have left way before because for me to actually physically see it. It's very easy to ignore all these things because you want to ignore it. You're in denial. They make excuses. You go with that excuse. Um, but with the Minara app, you can put audio, text messages, um, video, and start building a case for yourself. If it doesn't go to court, that's fine. Or if you don't want it to, but you can use it if you're going for a divorce, custody battles. And honestly, anyone that is thinking of going to the police please start collating all the evidence you can because the CPS will make a decision on that basis. We thank Emma ever so much for sharing her story. You can also head to Kent Online to read the report in full and get details on how to download the app. Kent Online reports. Almost a month after the local elections, we've been looking at who's now in charge at each local authority in Kent. Ashford Borough Council was the final one to decide after a coalition between the Independents and Green Party saw them take power. You can click on our interactive 
map at Kent Online to see what's happened where you live. There are calls for a former doctor's surgery near Sittingbourne to reopen as the building's gone up for sale. The medical centre on London Road in Tenham closed a year ago and residents are now having to book appointments at the Memorial Hospital instead. Meantime, a temporary building used by a medical centre in a Kent village could be allowed to stay for another six years with no funding in place for a permanent facility. Patient numbers at the Marden Medical Centre have swelled in recent years and the extra building is used as a consulting room and admin space. And plans to demolish the former Royal Leisure Centre in Deal are expected to be given the go-ahead. Developers want to build 16 new homes and three shops on the site in King Street. It used to be a snooker hall, theatre and cinema and the proposals will be discussed by the council tonight. Now is the start of summer and also the start of Pride Month. Events will be happening in the county across the next few months to celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community. The first and Kent's biggest will be staged in Canterbury in less than two weeks' time. Well, I've been catching up with Jonathan Fitter-Harding, who's one of the organisers of Canterbury Pride, and started by asking just how good we are in Kent at marking Pride. I think we're really good at it. I think we're very lucky. We've got uh, a number of Prides across uh, the whole of Kent, you know, all the way up from Dartford, who had their first Pride last year, all the way down to Dover, across the Tunbridge Wells, which also had their first Pride event last year. And I know that they're really excited to, to be going on to their second one. Obviously, Canterbury being the biggest one in Kent, um, we're really proud that this year is going to be a two-day event, so across the 10th and 11th uh, of June, um, with some amazing acts as well coming up. And why is it important that we have Pride Month at the, and that we do have these events and the whole of the community can get involved? I think um, two main reasons for me personally. Firstly, the one um, to recognise and, and honour um, the people that began um fighting for our rights you know back in new york at the stonewall rights um, and that's why it's kind of it takes over in june um and remembering that there has been a long running fight for for equal rights because that's all you know this is about equal rights um but also to celebrate as well celebrate where we've come you know we've had section 28 being repealed we've got you know same-sex marriage um obviously there's a conversation at the moment around uh conversion therapy that being banned um you know, I'm really lucky. I'm married. I've I've adopted two children. You know, 10, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been possible. So it is it is a celebration. It's about showing um, where we've come and, and making sure those rights stay as well. Yeah, you mentioned their equality. Do you think there is equality? I mean, there are always still going to be sections of community who seem to shout quite loudly and perhaps get heard yeah. more than those who, who don't. But do you feel that there is equality now? Personally, I feel that I have equal rights but that's that's just me personally and and that's not true across the board um if you look uh you know at where we are trans rights and um the conversations that are going on there then it's not equal by by a long stretch and that's what we need to do that's you know that's what we need to fight for you know we need to um hold our politicians to account um both locally and nationally um looking and not just not just nationally internationally as well you look across to america look what's happening in florida it's really scary. It's, just, it's scary for a lot of people, even for some of our performers. You know, we've got drag queens who um, are looking across the pond and seeing what they're doing is is illegal now. I mean, that's that just seems it seems insane. It really does in, you know, 
2023. Now, Jonathan, as you mentioned, two-day Pride in Canterbury. It will be the biggest celebration <laughs> in Kent. I mean, expanding it to two days, I'm sure that's created an awful lot more work for you. But um, how's it looking ahead of the event? It has been a lot of work, but behind the scenes, you know, we are less than two weeks away now. Um, we've got some huge names um, appearing on our main stage. You know, you've got the likes of Liberty X, um, Danny Beard, winner of uh, Season 4 Drag Race, Katie Baser, who has just done songs with Joel Corey and Gala, uh, Bag of Chips, obviously she'll be back. She's a, a Canterbury favourite. But we've also got um, Leighton Williams, um, Lefil, uh, and our, our resident drag artist, Dame Jane, as well. So this year, it's not just uh, about going across two days. We're actually increasing the footprint of the event as well. So we're going into uh, some of the, into Watling Street, um, and we're creating a new kind of secret garden area. But we've got loads of kids funfair rides to increase that kind of family feel we you know we've designed our pride to you know make everyone feel comfortable coming uh it's family friendly I, my two kids absolutely love it they'll be there um probably going on the fire engine again after they do every single year um and it's just nice you know even my my children's um teachers come with that and that's a really lovely thing for them you know and that starts a conversation with you know the kids in their class as well it's it is brilliant now for anyone who wants to come along jonathan just give us all the the details of locations and times and things so uh pride kicks off at 11 o'clock in the Dane John gardens um we've got a new queuing system which i'm sure lots of people will be happy about um which will be over in castle street so it's just the other side of the park from last year we've also got this really new uh and exciting ticket it's called the very fabulous person package uh, and that will give you a queue jump across the weekend um your first drink at our bar and some really cool uh souvenir merchandise as well and uh so yeah so you don't have to queue it's great so there's more information all on our website which is pridecanterbury.com that has the most up-to-date information around our lineup and how you can buy our bfp tickets kent online news critics say a makeover of canterbury's high street is out of keeping with the historic city new paving has been laid along st george's street as part of the million pound scheme you can follow kent online on socials today to see pictures. The council say it's impossible to please everyone, but it's far too early to judge as the works won't finish for another six weeks. Well, by all means, you can let us know what you think by commenting on our socials or on the story itself. We're being encouraged to count the number of insects that get splatted on our cars to try and help out with some conservation work. Last year's Bugs Matter survey revealed a 75% drop in insect numbers in Kent over the past two decades, which could impact pollination and food production. Well, a virtual splatometer is being used this time round to make it easier for all of us to take part. Meantime, a man who's running the length of the UK's coast to warn about plastic pollution is going to be in Kent this month. Luke Douglas Home will be heading from Folkestone to Hythe next Thursday, which is also World Ocean Day. He started his challenge in November 2021, and this will be the 30th leg of the epic journey. And finally, stables at a Kent castle have been put up for sale for a whopping £2 million. The building at Lullingston in Ainsford is Grade 2 listed and dates back to the 16th century. It's now used to offer accommodation. Kent Online Sports. Football and Kent Celestia Russo and Laura Coombs have both been named in the England side for the Women's World Cup this summer. Serena Vigman has confirmed her squad of 23, but last year's top scorer from the Euros, Beth Mead, misses out because of a knee injury. We can hear now from the manager. The last week was a little stressful. Um, the last period, because we had to make hard decisions and it's nice for the ones who are in it's not nice for the ones who are not in so um, yeah we've had very good 
well, conversations with the technical staff, we follow players really well, but it has been really hard. Tough decisions? Yeah, of course, because, um, well, we've been with a bigger squad too uh, in spring, and um, so we've seen lots of players, and actually they all work there, yeah, they all work so hard to get in the squads. And lots of them do play really well, but you have to pick 23. And the tournament takes place in Australia and New Zealand. And in cricket, Ken Zach Crawley is with the England squad who are taking on Ireland in a one-off test match at Lords today. He'll be hoping to keep his spot for this summer's Ashes, despite some inconsistent international form. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust this is the kent online podcast